there's a story of two boys from two totally different backgrounds, two completely opposite families, and two very contrasted stories. One was black and one was white, one was irrational and the other more rational. One struggled with anger, the other sought to be a peacemaker. One was never going to take anything from anyone, ever. The other, at a very young age, learned to love first and hate never. These stories, while completely opposite, have something very much so in common. But what was this common denominator, this similarity, this symbiotic connection? They had each other. That is the story of myself and my closest friend since we were four years old. But we're not going to talk about the ins and outs of our story together. We're not going to talk about the amazing God-ordained moments that happened between our friendship. Today, we're here simply to talk about the journey, the story, the testament that my best friend has to share. Today, we're going to talk about the strongest person that I know and his story. Today, we're going to talk about the testimony of Andrew Nielsen. Welcome back to Life with Jalen, where we have real talk with real people about real life. I'm super excited to be back here with you all. Thank you for joining me today, as well as my very best friend since we were four years old. Here with me today is Andrew Nielsen, my best friend since we were kids. Man, our story is pretty crazy when you think about all the ends about our friendship and like how it all kind of happened. Yeah, man. I mean, we, we literally... We went from not living together or living near each other. And then suddenly my family moved towards, moved near where you lived. Um, we went to different tr- congregations and then we went to the same congregation and we went yeah. to the school, same school, yeah. but then we went to different schools. Yeah. And so our life has literally intertwined and gone yeah. away. And it's intertwined like we were next to each away. other in a way, the next We went to the same away. college it, and yeah. then now we're at different colleges. Yeah, different, and so different job career, like everything. But it's like, it's cool because like all the ins and outs, like once it started, it was like, it was stuck. And it's and just each you, time it gave us an opportunity to make our relationship really stronger, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and it's those are the kind of friendships you cherish because it's like not everyone is blessed with those where they just they last for a lifetime. And I truly think that's what the Lord has blessed us with is a is one of those lifetime friendships, and I I really cherish it. Um, but I already said we're not really here to talk about that in our friendship and our relationship together. But we're here to talk about your testimony. Uh, so why don't you, for those who don't know, uh, tell a little bit about, yeah, there there are are people (laughs) out there that don't know. So for those that don't know, why don't you tell, uh, tell about what happened, like going all the way back to the beginning? Um, well, it all started on a roller coaster ride. Um, I, I had been feeling some symptoms, uh, in the months leading up random things like tightness in my chest, um, random cramps that whenever I would crash at your house, I'd wake you up in the middle of the night, literally screaming at the top of my lungs, bloody murder. And you're like, Andrew, what's going on? I'm like, I can't feel my legs. Um, and so, uh, those symptoms were warning signs, but I didn't really put them together. I, I think I had a doctor's appointment scheduled for a couple weeks after the actual event happened. Um, but it ultimately what happened was uh, I was in line for this ride and we get up to the top floor and I had already felt so sick. I was like, you know what? I'm not getting on this ride. As soon as I get up there, I'm getting off. And we get up there and I start feeling woozy. I'm holding on to this bar and somebody yells, let go of the bar, let go of the bar. I've got you. And so I'm like, all right, I'm letting go. Immediately I start going down. And um, by the time I hit the ground, I'm totally out. And what I wake up to it, I wake up and I feel totally fine again. It was just a quick fainting spell. Sorry, this is a horrible story. It's just, but he, and he was there, he saw the whole thing. And so it's a freaky thing that happens in the moment, but looking back on it, it was pretty crazy because I basically wake up to my entire dad's wallet in my mouth while I'm trying to tell everybody I'm okay while I'm laying on the ground. Oh, oh, and so <laughs> they thought it was, he was passing out and they didn't want to choke on his tongue. Upset, and so this seizure, yeah, so like this that. lady was like, he needs like, some of these, something needs to go in his mouth. So they grab his dad's wallet, which just, has been in his back pocket for 20 plus years. Just shove it in there. And he wakes up to the taste, taste of leather. Like decaying leather. <laughs> yeah. So they finally let me back up after choking me. And, um, I walked down and then the register, the doctor that's at an amusement park is, who's registered, I'm no. sure, of somebody right. as something. Um, dentistry school, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they look at me. Oh, he's just de- dehydrated. And they give me two free tickets and let me go on my way. And then we get home, go to sleep or whatever. The next day, um, Jennifer comes downstairs and checks on me before she leaves for work just because of the day before and sees that I'm honestly totally ghost white. 
she says, all right, we're going to the ER. And I remember that road trip or that, that little car trip like it was yesterday because on my way there, I was like, you know, I've never gotten an IV before. <laughs> and within two hours, I had three in my arm and I was being told that I would be stuck twice every three days for the rest of my life, yeah. honestly. So so kidney failure. Yeah, kidney so, failure. Yeah. So where was your mind at? I mean, where are your thoughts? I mean, the reality of it is, is, is this. In a moment like that, we'd all like to believe that we're, we're the Job. We'd be like, oh, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But when your world's flipped upside down and everything that you thought you've known, your plans, whatever, is just completely shattered in a moment, so it seems, what, what does that do to you? Where were you at? What was your reality like? Where was your mind? Well, I definitely didn't process it in the beginning. Um, my doctor sitting there telling me I've got kidney failure. And AACC classes start on Monday. And so I'm like, all right, well, am I going to be able to make it to class on Monday? Because I've already signed up for the semester. And as the week continued on, I still did not totally process it. Um, My room was basically a revolving door as people, friends, loved ones, church members just constantly were coming through and say, hey, we love you. We support you. You're going to get through this. God's going to make a way. God's going to do something. And I was there. I was, my faith was at a thousand yep. because I had all these people that were coming and supporting me and, and truly telling me, Hey, you know what? This, this is going to happen. God's got this. This is all in his plan. And I believed it. I really did. Yeah. And I think it's also that like, why you might not be as, as worried. I mean, obviously it's still something to be concerned about, but the reality of it is, and with it comes kidney failure, there are options there are, because everyone has two. So it's easy. So it's not like other organs where it's like someone has to literally die for you to get this because you can find family and friends. And that's kind of what you started to do is you were having family and friends get tested um, to see. And so what was what happened with this at this moment where we know how you know you're not too freaked out because it's obviously it's putting mm-hmm. your life on pause, but there's still some hope of moving forward. So what was kind of going on leading up to the transplant? So, I mean, two days in, they immediately start the discussion. All right, you're on dialysis. This is not a permanent solution. You can't get another kidney to replace this. Um, And so they tell us the fastest way is through getting a donor, a living donor. And so suddenly people I haven't talked to in 20 years coming out of the, even though I've only been alive for 19 years at this time, (laughs) uh, are coming out of the woodwork and saying, hey, I want to donate. Third cousins that I've never met or even heard of are saying, hey, I want to donate. But actually, Johns Hopkins, they've got a limit on how many people can donate or get tested to donate at a time, and that's five. And so immediately with friends and uh, close friends and family, we had that list full. And very quickly, we discovered that my mom was going to be the donor. Which, which was awesome. My own mother, who brought me into this yeah. world, now gets to save my life again, yeah. you know? Yeah, right. You know, and I, I know that every parent, it's a, it's a true struggle for them to watch their child go through something and not be able to do anything about it. And this was kind of her chance to do something about it, you know? Um, and so she, it, it only actually takes nine months, which a lot of doctors said was a record time. Um, to, to totally test her to, from the time that she, the testing began to the time that, um, that I got the kidney transplant, it was nine months oh, that quick. Wow. That's wild. So what, so what happened? That's I've got a kidney, so everything's seems good, right? Yeah. I mean, it, I got a kidney and suddenly life was back to normal. I had energy again. Um, I didn't look like death all the time. Like it was really, everything was great. And then eight months go by and I get a call. Um, I'm actually in the parking lot for cl- class for, at AACC. Hey, your levels look off. We need you to come in tonight, today. And immediately my heart just dropped because I knew it was done. Uh, things had been off already, and it was just I knew I'd lost the kidney. Um, I get into the hospital. They start doing some initial testing, and they they discover that my creatinine is crazy high, that there's scarring on the kidney. They say, you know what, we're, we're going to try to save it. Um, but I just, I, I knew it was gone. You know, it's, it's one of those things where how, how, um, a mother, I mean, I'm not comparing myself to a mother, but, uh, but mothers will say, will know whenever they've lost their baby. Yeah. And so I knew that there was something inside of me that was dead yeah. immediately. Sure. Um, and I remember, I remember so, so vividly, um, staring at the mirror around 3am, like gripping the sink in, in my little gown, begging God, I can't lose this. Even though I was only on dialysis for eight months, it was some. Right. It was the worst eight months I've ever right. lived. No, you're thinking and about now they're telling me to, yeah. you're going to have to go back yeah. to that, and possibly for much, much longer. Yeah. 
And so I'm I'm begging him, please don't take this away. Please don't let this go. And nothing ends up happening. And it, it ultimately goes away. Um, and back on dialysis I go. Wow. So not only are you dealing with, did you deal with kidney failure, but here you are kind of getting back on your feet and now dealing with kidney failure again. And you, you start getting your life back. Things start going back in order. You're back in school, different things like that. And now you're back into the same scenario. Your world's flipped upside down. You, you're going to dialysis three times a week, four to five hours each time where they're literally sucking the life out of you, taking your physical strength. Your mind's got to be exhausted. So now at this point, like I said, we talked about before the first time it didn't probably wasn't as much of a spiritual battle because you just, you knew your, your church had you and thank God for the church. Cause mm-hmm. I remember, especially the first time everyone was there and you've got churches upon churches upon states and countries and I mean, you started that you did that hashtag yeah, Andrew yeah, needs yeah. a kidney hashtag yeah. and I mean that blew yeah, up with awesome. all the people like, sharing their support and, and people yeah people praying churches praying people and, eating uncooked kidney beans there was some weird there, stuff if you have not looked at check out Andrew needs a kidney challenge there's some pretty interesting uh videos in yeah. there some people rapping some people singing uh some people uh eating facing their beans, fears facing eating. it yeah it was it was really cool so people were just doing something to yeah. to spread the awareness of the kidney and it was great and like i said thank god for the church because all the prayers and support and while that was still present the second time now I, I, I think it's like you're starting to feel more of this spiritual battle begin because like you already said you're like god i can't go through this again i've done it once and i knew it that was like but there was so much more hope but here and I, almost, but even even whenever the kidney came and came so fast yeah in nine months already towards the end of those eight months i was done yeah like ever jennifer yeah. had talked to me a couple times about it my dad talked about it they were like you you've reached your max and i actually spent the last two weeks right before my transplant in the hospital because my blood pressure was so out of control yeah. that not they couldn't get medications they couldn't give me anything to get under control yeah. and we were talking to the doctor what can we do and they said the only thing that i can do that can save you right now is a kidney which luckily I had one on the, we are, I was already scheduled for one, but I was already at my max yeah. the first time. And now I'm going back into it already knowing I had met, met my max. So what, I guess what, um, so now that you know this is where you're going, what kind of battle were you fighting now in your mind and in your spirit? What was there, or maybe was there, maybe there wasn't a battle. Maybe there was some, some, some hope and some faith building up or, I don't know, just where, where were you at throughout this next phase of kind of figuring out what your life was going to be I was like? David and Goliath. No, I wasn't. I really <laughs> like wasn't. I was, I was solid as a rock. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's what we'd all like to think. I, I, about two or three weeks after officially decided or found out that my kidneys had rejected, uh, or my kidney had rejected, um, I was driving in the car with Andrew Prasad, and I looked over at him, and I just said, I don't know why. But I think that this is going to be much longer. I just already knew in my spirit and in my mind and just that round two was not going to be the same as round one. There was already so many indicators, but it it just had really settled about two or three weeks in. And from then on, I would love to say, well, I started trekking up the mountain for my miracle. No, I started immediately going down and spiraling into a black hole. Um. And one of the first things that I struggled with the most was trying to forgive myself because the kidney was mine. It was my kidney. And now it's gone and there's nobody to blame but myself. I blame myself so much for for this kidney being gone. And I I would love to say that I was angry at God. Right. But I wasn't. Because it's like it's your body. It's something a part of you. So it's like something's wrong with me. Yeah. It's like, what What didn't I do well enough, you know? Yeah. And so I couldn't just say, all right, God, I forgive you. No, eventually God wears you down. But instead it was myself and it was justified. I could, I could justify my my anger at myself. And so one of the first things that had to happen was I needed to forgive myself for this kidney going. And after God had managed to get me through that, then I had to deal with the fact that the kidney was gone, the grieving process. Um, I don't know how many steps there are, but I went through all of them, <laughs> every single one of them and, uh, denial, rejection, anger, all those. And finally God brought me through that. And, and I look back and I'm so glad I was able to get through that because that was one of the darkest times of my life is, is sitting there and, and wondering why I've been brought through this again. 
if I, the whole the first the first leg of the thing the first leg of the kidney transplant or the kidney failure um and first transplant i i, I knew this was god there was no doubt with how everything had passed uh, yeah, gone yeah. by and everything there was yeah. no doubt that this the hand of god was on that but the second time there were there was doubt that was creeping in it, does god have this in his control is he doing this because he loves me right now or is it because I screwed up? Is it because I made him angry somehow? Is it is there something that I've done wrong that makes him want to do this to me? Is he trying to teach me a lesson? Yeah. So now you're you're battling doubt, you're battling fear, you're battling concern. Just all these all these different things going on in your mind at the same time. And I, I, I but I feel like oftentimes in these moments in these seasons, when there's a storm, when there's a trial, when there's a process, a struggle, something we're going through, the Lord tends to give us some sort of direction at some point. He gives us an answer. He he he, he gives us a word. Um, sometimes it's through a man of God coming and prophesying or preaching to you. Sometimes it's from you reading His Word yourself or through a song. And um, or there, but there's some point at, at some point in time when you your your spirit gets a hold of something, perhaps from God. Did that ever happen in this moment? Was there ever something where you felt like God was directing you or told you this or that or? Um, so I'll say that one of the clearest words I got from him, not somebody else giving to me, but it was just me and him, excuse me, um, was that I wasn't going to die from this. It was something that he gave me very early, right after the second, after the rejection, after the, the kidney's rejection, um, that I felt immediately. And he told me immediately is, is that kidney failure would not take my life. So I was, I had that to kind of fall back yeah. on at first. Yeah. And then... It went from being a promise to feeling more like a curse. Yeah, because it's 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 one of those things where it's like it's like oh praise God this isn't taking my life and and we immediately think well this means that the healing's coming or the miracle's coming and God's going to change it because He said this isn't taking my life but then you think about it well technically people can live with kidney failure but that means they have to do dialysis three times a week and be plugged mm -hmm. up to this machine and have this machine do all this work for them and their life's drained and so now it's like you have no way out as its years start to progress by you're like wait, this isn't going to kill me, but does that mean this is where I'm staying for, for the next five years, this, 10 this years, This is what God years? has decided my fate is. Yeah, this is this is my calling, and yeah, wow. Your purpose in life is now to survive kidney failure. Yeah, like that's what's going on in your mind. That's that's what you're... Yeah, you're, yeah. It's, it's, it's now a prison sentence instead of a, a, wow. a sign of hope and a sign of faith. And so I had that going on in my mind, and there's a dear mother in our church, and um, she really helped me with the grieving process. Um, each Sunday, she would come up and give me a hug that honestly would make me think, forget that my kidneys had even failed in the first place. And then she would always end it with, God chose you with, for this. God is trusting you with this. Which, at a time when I'm both angry at myself and trying to figure out if God is even in this in the first place, yeah. And then on top of that, I know that I'm stuck here for a very considerable amount of time. And then she comes by and just says, God chose you for this. God trusted you for this. Like, how do you even, I couldn't even fathom the idea of I earned kidney failure. I, I did something that showed God that I was ready to go through this and go to the depths of hell and then come back someday. But the issue is, is that I was still there and I didn't see that I was coming back anytime. So, yes, I did get words. Yes, I get, did get faith um, or, or words of faith. But, I mean, it, each, each and every single one was battled by that depression. It was battled by those questions. It was battled by that doubt yeah. that, that was going on in my mind that just basically took every single one and flipped it and made it look as negative and as disgusting as possible. Oh. And, I mean, it, it, it took me a while to come back from that. Yeah. So, yeah, because you're in this process for the next four years and you don't know that it's about to end in four years, but you're in this process. This is what you're waking up to your life for however long it's going to be. And you've received these words, this 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 uh, boat of confidence from your peers or from your elders. Um, and and, it, and then also I'm getting platitudes from people and people are coming up and, and trying to give me words of encouragement, but they have no clue what I'm facing. And so the words of encouragement end up just kind of sounding like they don't care, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so then you, you have people that are coming up to you and just say, oh, it's going to be okay. And I'm sitting here battling and struggling with every single thing in my life, wondering, how do you know that? Yeah. 
if I don't even have an idea of how I'm going to get through Monday's dialysis, is how can you tell me everything's going to be okay? Yeah. You know? It's So now you're at this point where you're obviously your your mind is getting bombarded. And it's almost like there's just all you can see is negativity. And I rightfully so. It's it's a hard place. Especially you're, you're 19, 20, 21, 22 at this time. And just now getting to start live your life, you re- you made plans to move out and to mm-hmm. start your own world, and just like every other young adult, and and you're now finding seeing that that's not possible because of where you're at, and so there's obviously a lot of doubt and discouragement that comes, um, and and you're in this process. But as you go, um, obviously the Lord meant what He said about this not taking your life, and mm-hmm. and He meant it for a reason. Um, He didn't just mean it. This is just this is your life now and good luck. Yeah. Have fun, pal. But obviously there was something he was like that you're getting out of this and that you're going to do um, through it. But you had to keep the faith. You had to get from where you were at until the point when God had your restoration in mind. You mm-hmm. had to ride that, well, if you would, train of faith, like getting to that destination um, until the moment in time that God had ordained for you. So I guess could you talk a little bit about in those moments, because I know we've talked about it, where perhaps you started to have this, transformation because obviously we go down in these valleys and it's hard but there's a moment when something rises up and says i'm not staying here Mm -hmm. i'm gonna find a situation in this i'm gonna find the good in it i'm gonna find the purpose in this and i'm gonna pursue that and get where i need to go so god can do what he needs to do in my life so at this point in this moment in these long years hard years what point in that did that start to change and kind of talk about what that was like and what went on so late 2017 to at least the first half of 2018, I I wouldn't say I'd totally given up, but I was basically there. I had accepted kidney failure is now my life. This is my cross to bear, and this is where I'm going to be for the rest of my life. And I accept that, 100%. And um, in late 2018, I got really, really sick. Um, there, it would think, there was very worrisome, uh, the condition I was in um, from pneumonia. And... I get through that, um, and that next weekend I go to church, and Bishop and Mother Wright show up, and Bishop preaches the sermon, and then comes down and starts talking to me about a couple things, and one of the things that he said to me was that once I find the purpose in it, I will find the faith for my miracle. And so that wasn't him giving me a word I was going to get healed. It was just, you can't continue living like there's no purpose in your life Because what is the point of living in that in that case? You know, why why are you here if you're not fulfilling some type of purpose? And so, I began trying to find that purpose in my situation. What what was the reason that God was taking me through this? What was He trying to teach me? How was He trying to help me grow? And that was a major turning point in my life, and and in this situation's particular, particularly because it it, it really it really refocused me, yeah. where I was just want, basically wandering around. And aimlessly with no direction and no no idea of when I was coming out of this. But now there was a there was kind of a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Um and then twenty nineteen came around. And in the beginning of twenty nineteen, um, I basically just started out twenty nineteen with faith. Yeah. I don't really know how he got it. Yeah. But it was just I mean, me and you had a conversation early in, in the first month or so. Hey, I think something's gonna happen this year. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it's gonna be. Um I don't know if I'm gonna get healed. I don't know if I'm going to steal somebody's kidney, <laughs> but I know that something's going to happen for the better. Yeah. And so I already had this expectation, this faith that, that something was going to happen. And I, I made sure that I, there was a lot of other people that I had that conversation with and I was proclaiming it and I was yeah. beginning to speaking it, speaking it. And yeah. I was already, I was already saying on a regular basis, I started adding to my regular prayers. Thank you, Lord, for my kidney. Yeah. Whether that was a heal, whether that was a transplant, whatever that was. Yeah. Because now I'm already a year past when I was supposed to get a kidney on the transplant list. Yeah. Wow. So that ship had already sailed. So I was already sure that wasn't going to happen. So I was more so believing for my actual healing. Yeah. And so that you just, you start to gain this momentum almost. It's like, like, um, Chris Green talked about it at our district camp and it was a different perspective, but it's the same analogy where he's talking about something starts off really small, but as it gains momentum rolling down a hill, it starts to pick up things and get bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's almost how your faith was, where it's just, you found a little bit at the beginning there. I remember you were just at the beginning, you were like, I don't know what it is about this year, but something's happening. Something's going to change. And, 
Um, you didn't know what it was, but you took that faith and you already, just by speaking that, you were already showing that you truly believed it. And it continued to grow and continue to increase and continue to develop. And go ahead. Starting, so like starting in 20 or starting in 2018, um, the biggest challenge for me that God had challenged me to do is hold on to that mustard seed of faith. And so in my life, I had to quantify what that was. And so for me, that was just speaking it, just having the ability, which I mean, at the end of dialysis, I'm totally drained. I feel like death. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to hear anything yeah. from anybody. My heightened, my senses are all heightened, but not in a positive way. Everything hurts. Everything just, it, it hurts. Yeah. And so even for me to talk, it just does not feel comfortable. But God's challenging me, just just say something. Yeah. Proclaim, proclaim your faith. And so he starts out by just getting me to, to have that mustard seed of faith. And then as 2019 continues, um, starting in June uh, at youth camp, he he challenged me, all right, why don't you step out a little bit more in your faith? And so one of the ways he does is is I end up getting prayed for um, by Bishop Wright again. And this time he speaks speaks life into my kidneys, speaks strength and all, a couple other things. And so immediately after, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to run to the bathroom because that's the only real quantifiable way for me to try and test if, yeah. if I've been healed right. because I'll be able to use the bathroom yeah. again. And so, I mean, 20 minutes goes by. I try speaking in tongues. <laughs> I try thanking Jesus. I try sitting down. Like, yes, I it's try one of, it's one everything. Of those, it's one of those areas where yeah. it's like you feel foolish, and sometimes you, your faith's going to make you look kind of crazy. I mean, look at the people in the Bible. They did some wild stuff. I'm literally there but. for about 30 minutes. I'm like, hmm, maybe I should go back. <laughs> Otherwise, people are nice to worry about me, you know? And so yeah. I go back. But the thing is, is that my faith wasn't broken from that. You know, sometimes you go to test your faith, and you fall completely flat on your face, and you, yeah. then you're suddenly like, well, now God's not you real. You start to put that faith in, in the allow the doubt to rise up and you put your faith on that side yep. instead of saying see this is just it's okay because that's what happens we go to test it out and i was constantly i was always looking for the for the for the evidence mm -hmm. like and but that's not faith is the evidence and that's what we the tend evidence to forget of are not seen. Yeah, it's, it's, it's what you're trying to get to mm -hmm. and that's what we so many times do is we get this i need to see the evidence so we go to test it out but nothing's there and we're like see i knew this wouldn't work and immediately we take that faith and sow it into the opposite end. You mm -hmm. either got faith that it's going to happen, or you've got faith that it doesn't. And the moment you start taking that faith and saying, all right, I'm going to try it, and nothing happens, you're like, see, I knew it wasn't going to happen. You just now put your faith in the fact that it wasn't going to happen. You yep. don't get your blessing. You don't get your miracle. But when you take that faith and something doesn't happen, but you say, it's all right, this faith is my evidence. Nothing changed right now. That's okay. Mm -hmm. But something's going to come from this. Something's going to change it something comes back at some point. as an echo from heaven. Yeah. Yeah, what you, everything you cast and claim on earth is echoed in heaven yep. to ultimately come back to you. So every single time I was going, to, pretending to go to the bathroom and nothing happened, that yep. was then echoed back whenever I finally did get my kidney transplant. Yep. Kind of moving forward a little bit now that we're in 2019. Um, what? So for those of you that don't know, in 2019 there is an event. 2019, like that was last year. That's still this year. Wow. This year, right? It feels it's like long, forever. It's been a long year. It's been a year. long year. Yeah. Wow. So for those of you who don't know, there's a tiny event called uh, North American Youth Congress. At least five people go. Yeah, it's it's, it's a minor event. No no big deal. Um, but that was happening. Um, and so now Congress is here. Congress is already an amazing event. It's already exciting. Andrew got to be on the photography team, which is super cool. If you mm -hmm. don't know, he's in a photography. So he gets to be on the photography team. So you're already hyped. Now, obviously, you still have to do dialysis. So you're going there. You have to do it Wednesday, Friday. Yep. But I you're getting flew to be, in Wednesday because yeah. I had to get dialysis first yeah. and then i flew on wednesday and then got dialysis there on friday yeah. i actually ended up missing an event yeah. because i felt so sick yeah. after dialysis yeah. i just kind of knocked out yeah. but um but yeah so you're you're there and tell us talk a little bit about what happened specifically thursday night uh with, with uh jack cunningham's message so um kind of quickly into his message i i, I felt the direction that it was going to go so i i immediately headed up to the section that our youth group was sitting at, um, got a direct, giving me a couple words for, for a couple people in my youth. Um, and I honestly, I didn't really feel that it, anything was going to happen for me. Not, not the lack of faith. It was just, that's where I, where I, where I was at in my spirit. Yeah. I just didn't feel that, that my miraculous healing was going to happen. Yeah. And so I go ahead and I head up there and I know what else is going to happen. I know he's going to have the younger people pray, the Gen Zers pr pray for the older people that need need miracles and so since i'm a youth leader uh, automatically makes me an older person right. um and so i grab two of the two of the boys that are in our group and i say hey i 
I don't know what's going to happen tonight, but whatever happens, I want you to be a part of it. And so I want you two to pray for me. And the the two boys that I'm referencing are are usually known for their quietness. And um, whenever Brother Cunningham finally gave the word of faith, something came over both of them. And and honestly, there was an awesome power of God that just struck me right then and there. Wow. And um, it was really powerful. And 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 I definitely walked away from that feeling different. But I didn't feel like I was healed. Yeah. And I kind of messed up, which is. The beautiful thing about God is you're allowed to mess up <laughs> right. because he's always going to give you another chance. But I kind of messed up because I didn't run away, run straight to the bathroom and, and test my faith again, you know, because I had already made up in my mind that nothing was happening. Yeah. And so I talked to one of our elders and he tells me, what are you still doing here? <laughs> go, go test yeah. it. And so in a stadium of 35,000 people, I'm in the bathroom speaking in tongues while people are <laughs> just going through, you know, and they're like, who's this weird kid in the stall? What is he doing? You know, Jesus won't give you a break to use the bathroom. I mean, come on now. <laughs> and like, so leave the altar call. He took it to the altar call to the bathroom. Another 20 minutes goes by and I finally head back. Obvious. I mean, amazingly at the service still going on and everything. And he just tells me, he says, every chance you get, you need to be testing your faith yeah. because that is your pro, pro proclamation yeah. of your faith. Yeah. You've gone beyond just speaking it. Now it's actual action that you are putting behind it. That is showing where your faith is. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, uh, I remember that night. Um, it, it was, it, so I'm, I'm one of those people when you're, when your best friend <laughs> is going through something and you know that like, and you've got the faith, especially in times when they don't, <laughs> To all pray the for them, which don't. is literally all, like all the time they don't, you are in their corner. So I'm mm -hmm. saying that to say when it came to like a service, when someone was saying the miraculous is in here tonight or the waters are troubled or healing's coming, I was like, where is Andrew? I'm praying for this dude right now. In Jesus' name, it's happening. And every time it was just, it wasn't a matter of God told me to do it. I just, I had the faith and I was like, I just, I want it to happen. This is an exaggeration. I'm pretty sure you prayed for my kidneys more than I actually did. <laughs> Probably. Like, uh, but it's like, so that's where I was at is I was like, look, if I, if I can, uh, if I can pray about it and see something happen, something's going to happen. When I'm starting to get to this point in my walk with God where I'm trying to be more sensitive and just in praying about the things that he wants me to, not that I want to, but that he wants to, his mm -hmm. will, his plan, his desires to come forth. So I'm, I'm reaching this point where I'm trying to be more sensitive and not just praying about the things I care about. For example, a friend, it's his need. Um, and saying all that to say, we're at, uh, Congress and Jack Cunningham starts to preach and he's getting to the closing where he's about to do the altar call and faith is about to go forth and miraculous and healing is about to take place. And I could feel it. I could feel it. And, um, I, I, I remember the moment it happened. I'm sitting there, I'm on the floor and immediately I feel it is clear in my spirit. Andrew's kidney is coming. I'm like, wait, what? And just again, Andrew's kidney is coming. Now I'm, I meant to go back and watch and I didn't get a chance to and I probably will after this, or maybe some of you know, I lied to you not. Either Jack Cunningham said it in the microphone, or I literally heard an audible voice from God. But because I had talked to him and I talked to a couple others, and they didn't remember hearing it, but they might have just, it might have been louder where they were and I, where I was at, I could it was hear. A little bit loud yeah. with the people yeah, yelling at little, my ear. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so I think it, it could be just that, but I, I feel it was like as if he, I'm pretty sure he said, uh, someone's kidney is coming or some uh, someone's in need of a kidney and it's on its way or something along those lines about a kidney specifically. And immediately I'm like, see, this is, this is Andrew's. Where's, where's he at? I'm going to pray for him. I'm finding him right now. Because again, that's when I felt it. I was like, mm. oh, I got to go pray. And immediately I'm getting frustrated because if you've ever been at Congress, it's kind of hard to find people <laughs> there. And he's on a completely different side of the yeah. stadium and I'm getting frustrated. And I'm trying to find him. No one's answering their phone. Obviously they're all praying and I'm like, I can't find him. God, where's he at? Where's he at? I need to pray. I need to pray. I need to pray. I need to pray. And I'm getting agitated and aggravated. And finally, it was like there was just a halt in my spirit that said, stop. And I just, I, I calmed down and I stopped. And, and God said, did I tell you to go pray for him? And I was like, no. It's like, what did I tell you? He said, Andrew's kidney's on the way. So just speak the word of faith, believe it, and begin to praise me for it. And I just, I, was, I, spoke, the, I spoke the word of faith and said, I believe Andrew's kidney is on its way. No idea what that means, but I believe it in Jesus' name, it's coming. And I just started to praise God and worship and just thank him for it. And the crazy thing is, going back to that evidence, I grew up with the concept of I needed the evidence all the time. Mm -hmm. I was doubting Thomas. Not in the sense of now, I respect Thomas for what he, he wanted to get something a hold of it for himself, and I understand that. Mm -hmm. But in the side of the moment my struggle was, if I didn't see evidence, my faith went to the opposite end and I was like, I no longer believe that this yeah. is going to happen. That was just something I struggled with. 
and I would always go to you after I prayed either the next day or the very moment. Yeah. Like, hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. And every time I was like, nope, nothing happened to the dialysis. Nothing happened with this and that. And I was just like, oh, sometimes see? it was the opposite. I uh, know it was a really bad one today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, great. And I would put my faith in the opposite. End, and I'd be like, well, see, nothing's going to happen. But this time it was so set in my spirit. I gave it to God. I moved on. Didn't think anything about it. And I literally see him that night. Literally see him the next day. Literally see him the next eight, ten days after that. We not, flew home together. We flew home <laughs> together. We spent all Saturday together. And not one time did it pop in my head, ask him about the kidney, ask him what was going on. Mm-hmm. Because I just it was settled in my mind, and I never thought about it until literally two weeks later, almost two weeks, just shy of two weeks later, yeah. Tuesday at 9.30 p.m., you call me on the phone, and immediately I remember what happened at Congress. What did you talk to me about at 9.30 at night on, on Tuesday? I got the call. The kidney call, the the, the infamous, call. the infamous. I remember. Call. I'm sitting on my couch. I was watching a movie, and I was just vegged out. And it's, he calls, and I'm like, "Oh man, I probably needs to talk." He doesn't like to answer my calls. If you don't know this, by the way, <laughs> I don't answer a lot of phone calls. It's just it's hard sometimes. So if he doesn't answer your calls, don't take it offensively. Literally, I don't answer my he doesn't best do his best friend. So <laughs> but I'm like, "Oh man, he probably needs." It. I was like, "Let's see what's going on." Hey man, what's up? I got the call. What? I got the call. The call, like the, the call, call, the call. I like flipped my like. I, I don't have like a blanket. I was just like going because like wait what what do you need can i come in the hospital and i like lose it and he's like yeah they're figuring out what's going on blah, blah, blah. but he gets the call so tell us tell us about this call tell us about what happened tell us about this story of this kidney um well i'm i'm actually working late that night because there was a project that needed to be done and um i knew i knew how to how to do it uh, or at least i thought i knew how to do it um and so i i i stayed late to work on this project and it was kind of funny actually um i get this call and it's an unknown number but i go ahead and answer it and the lady answers hi how was your day good what who is this asking (laughs) who are you oh i work for the transplant division and she starts telling me all these random stats about apparently an organ like excuse me what is this call and she's oh this is your kidney call if you get in the hospital in the next four or five hours, we'll be able to have you transplanted by midday tomorrow. <laughs> so Excuse casual. me? So, so nonchalant. Hey, I've got the, the key to your life, your future. Do you want it? Are you exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Like, like uh, are you offering me a timeshare right now? Like, <laughs> what? You're helping me, not, like, not helping me at all. And so... I go ahead, I freak out, I call every single person that's close to me, all my family, everybody, hey, this is happening, it's happening, it's happening. Um, we get there, and it would, after the first doctor we talked to, it already starts off, it's kind of weird. It's like, the, they, the way that they're talking about this kidney, seem, they're a little bit more joy overjoyed than yeah. they should be. Yeah. Um, so we were searching for the needle in the needle stack that was in the haystack that was in the mountain of the needles. Yeah, the kidney that we had to find had to be the perfect kidney. Otherwise, they were expecting a minimum of two to three months of recovery, yeah. just to get the kidney to survive. Yeah. After my rejection, there were special antibodies that grew. That basically their only job was to kill kidneys. Yeah, and so this kidney that they found had to be perfectly tuned and not have the same antibodies to make sure that it even had a chance of surviving. Yeah. So they were expecting already a two to three months in the hospital. It's going to be a struggle to get this to survive. We don't know how it's going to happen. And as doctors, they're not allowed to say the word miracle. That's just false hope that they're not allowed to give. Well, they said just about every single word yeah. other, than, other miracle. than miracle. Um, the surgeon comes up to us the next morning. I'm, I'm in the pre-op area. He comes up and he says, um, this, is one of the, this is the best kidney I've ever seen. Wow. He says... This is a one in a million kidney. Yeah. This is a gift. Yeah. He says this is, I mean, that's kind of it's odd a, for it, a yeah. Yeah. Surgeon, surgeon to say right. this is a gift, you know? Yeah. Usually they just view it as like, oh, well, this is another organ. Yeah. Treat it right, you yeah. know? And didn't another person say something along the lines of like, this couldn't be any better if it was your own kidney? Like if it was your own kidney, like. They said it was so perfect that my body saw it as my own tissue. Oh, like that's literally, how, yeah, wow. That my body <laughs> was reading it as my own kidney. Now, I'm still on immunosuppressant medications, you know, still taking the necessary steps to make sure there isn't rejection, but no doctor has seen a kidney like this. Every single doctor that has seen the stats, um, I was shown a a page by one of my doctors a a couple weeks ago, and the first line is about 14 tests, and each test has a value, 24, 36, 72, just random, random numbers. And then the next line was the donors, 
and they tested the donor's kidney as soon as they found out he was a kidney donor. And you would expect it, you know, five off, 10 off, three off. Every single number wow. was the exact same as my number. Praise God. That's the same odds as me never hearing the word basketball or a basketball team and picking a perfect bracket yeah. with every single thing being yeah. perfect. Like never hearing the word basketball. Yeah. That's how, that's those odds of that wow. happening. And so now I went from being what I, what, although I wasn't on the brink of death, I felt like I was on the brink of death. Right. Now with such a perfect kidney that I was out of the hospital in six days. <laughs> a kidney transplant. Not, not just I had a cold and I had the flu. A kidney, tra- a huge surgery. He's out of the hospital in s- less than a week's time. One of my favorite memories of that week is I, they encourage you to walk around the hallways because it's going to make you feel better. It's yeah. going to make you feel healthier. And so I was doing my daily walk, and the doctor, the on-call doctor, is going through and doing his rounds. And he walks by my off by, by my um, room, and I'm like, oh, hey, I'm coming to my room. And he says, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to go see the sick patients first. I'll come to you later. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I just had a kidney put in me. What are you talking about, the sick patients? Oh man, he he, I was in such good condition. My yeah. numbers were getting better every single day. Wow. I mean, it it, there's no other word than a miracle. Yeah, praise God. And the, I think the coolest part is when we think of miracle, mm-hmm. our our perspective is so limited. We put God in this box. Mm-hmm. We say this is how it's got to look. This is how it's got to be. This is how it's got to go down. When you think miracle for a kidney, yep. you don't think someone's giving me a kidney that just happens to be an organ donor from a couple states over, and it's going to work out. We think it's growing back, and it, these are just going to be restored. And mm-hmm. sure, that that would be amazing, pretty climactic. It'd be fantastic. But we limit God, and we sometimes settle for something that we don't label as a miracle because it didn't match these extremes. Mm-hmm. But when you sit back and think about the parts that had to happen to make that happen, and not even just that, the fact of how perfect mm-hmm. this kidney was, the doctors could literally, without using the word, say it was nothing short of a miracle. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of God we serve where what would happen if we just took the limits off and decided to say, you know what, it might not be the way that I want it. It might not be how I like it. But there's something miraculous that's going to happen because that's who we serve. We serve a miraculous God. And you know what's funny is I had already made up in my mind that I was going to get healed any other way other than a kidney transplant. Yeah. I was like, all right, he's going to bring all three kidneys to life. Right. And then I'm going to have to get one of them removed. Sell one of because them you on can't eBay. Because you can't yeah. have more than two because yeah. then you're, it starts yeah. doing negative effects. Or you know what? He's just going to bring the transplanted one to life. I'm never going to need medications. I had all these different scenarios in my mind. And not one of them was, oh, maybe I'll just get a transplant. Get a transplant. Yeah. That was the only one that I had knocked off as yeah. because my God was too good for it. Mm. I mean, there, I had people that I got in text from internationally saying, hey, I'm praying for yeah. you. Hey, I'm believing with God. Across the country, states from everywhere um, saying, hey, hey, we're, we're believing with you. So I knew that people knew about this. And so I knew this was God's chance. Yeah. You know, you use it. Yeah. Exactly. Same. Yeah. Like, Oh, bring Come it back God. to life. Right. Do, do yeah. some, do, you do, can do, do something the, big yeah. right now. And instead he's like, no, I'm just going to give you a tr- transplant. But then you start looking at it. Well, I was actually supposed to die three times before this. Yeah. Oh, you know what? My own mom's kidney was just an okay kidney. Yeah. And now this random 50 year old stranger from another state connected to you. Yeah. Is the most perfect kidney I could have ever gotten. And so you just look at the way he works and how he just intertwines these little things that just show there's nobody else that could have done this yeah. than him. Yeah. And it's just like you go into things, you go into situations where you're trying to control every single aspect of it, and yet God still dealt with my uh, control issues yeah. through this situation. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. it's baffling. It was one of the one of the other areas that he was working on because it wasn't just that's the other thing with God is he's. He, he's such a multitasker. Oh, yeah. He oh, yeah, I just, know. He doesn't he just do one thing. He has to overdo got, it every single he's, time. He's getting a yep. lot of stuff done. And so here, you've been blessed with this miracle. You're a walking testimony now. You've People have already been impacted by your story, and hopefully many more will be impacted mm-hmm. by it. And it's a testimony in and of itself, but now you've even gotten you've gotten this this journey that you've gone on, this this adventure, if you want to call it that. This, <laughs> oh, it's been an this, adventure. This, this, this trial, this test. But mm-hmm. that brought about this testimony, these, yeah. these problems, but it brought about this amazing testimony, this story, this, and it's just, it was a matter of 
yes, the hard times came. Yes, there was there was pain. There was heartache. There was there was loss. But there was so much gained, and there was so much beauty in it. So much that we could learn and obtain mm. from these hard times in our life. Things that I've experienced that were hard or there were a trial. And I saw the many layers that God was doing in my life, the many things that he was establishing that and the coolest part is we will never stop understanding. Like there's always oh, something yeah. else. Like I'm still learning yeah. things. That just two weeks ago, so for a while now, there's a there's a lot of major events that happened throughout the kidneys failure. Um a lot of moments that kind of that kind of stand out to me. And so Looking back, I, I kind of see them all as as tacks on a tack board, mm-hmm. and I recently kind of just had this revelation, and I saw God kind of take a piece of string and just wrap it around the first tack, and then he connected the second tack, and then the third tack, and just all the way around, and I just kind of saw this little wave that 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 it created, showing how each and every single one was intertwined. Hey, remember whenever I had you pray this? Hey, remember whenever you struggled with this and you started doing this? Just these little things that I thought were so insignificant, but it turns out they were slowly preparing me for this kidney transplant. Yeah. They were slowly preparing yeah. me for the end of yeah. this thing they that I e- saw no way yeah. out of. They were equipping you. They were empowering you. They were enabling you to 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 go to the places you needed to go and to do the things that you needed to do and to ultimately be the person that you needed to be. Yep. And that's such a powerful story. And that's so many, so many of us can, can relate to that or hopefully learn from that in, in, in any areas in our life, in any trial, in any situation we're going through, good, bad, ugly things. We can control things we can't, things that are mild problems we want to call it and things that are the extremes that we want to blow up. But the reality of it is our God is a faithful God. Our God is a mm-hmm. loving God. He's a just God. Yep. And there is, when it comes to our God, there is always a reason for the rain. There's always a... A, a testimony to come from the tests and there's always a purpose in the pain yeah there is there's always a purpose in the pain yeah sometimes we don't like it sometimes we don't understand it but if we simply embrace the loving god that he is and walk with him and trust him and take that faith and just go where we need to go and do the things we need to do and be the things we need to be eventually we can find the purpose in the pain you know something that's so beautiful about that is the level of pain does not dictate the level of purpose wow it's good hold on because yeah. there is an end there is purpose i have called you for this purpose and now i'm looking back and uh sister owens the dear mother that, that would say that stuff to me every single week it just rings in my ears god chose you for this god trusted you for this for this purpose, for this pain. Praise God, man. Well, thank you for sharing. I hope uh, everyone listening or watching that this has helped you or impacted you. And it's helped me. It's, <laughs> yes, it's helped me. I'm over here <laughs> trying not to cry on my own video. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, but yeah, it's it's an awesome testimony, an awesome story, and thank you for sharing it. And like I said, hopefully this helps someone out there. Uh, that this is you've 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 gotten a little bit of this faith maybe this helped build you up some and i mean that's been my prayer from the very beginning i remember the very first week i'm laying in the hospital bed you're in the couch thing next to me you're knocked out but i remember praying a very specific prayer that god let just one person be reached out of this and make it all worth it yeah it's fair to say that i believe that um, just from the response i've gotten from other things in my life that i've done that that other people have been affected by this but i just wanted i i at the end of the day, I wanted to make sure that that this was for his glory, yeah. for his for his honor. You yeah. know, I wanted to make sure that somebody was reached off of this because yeah. if 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 I'm the only one affected, then it goes to waste. Yeah. You know, yeah. which of course, I mean, hundreds of people have been affected by now. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. Maybe man. tens. Yeah, Ten, <laughs> tens of hundreds, tens of twenties, tens of ones, tens, tens, of, <laughs> tens of ones of people. Yeah, so uh, thank you all again for watching. Um, real quick, uh, super ex- So for those of you who don't know, if you want to hear more about Andrew's story, read more about it, learn more about some of the processes, some of the purposes, some of the pain that he went through, some of the trials, the different things yeah. that came up. He is actually a blogger. Started yes. doing that through the through this whole process, and he's got a blog. Um, I will link that in all the areas that there could be a link in the video in my bio all this so it's also can, in so my bio it's in his bio purpose um, in the pain dot blog is the that's url, the URL. Yes. purpose in the pain dot blog is the url if you want to check it out if you're into reading um and learn more about it and also if you're into reading i hear you've got another project coming out very uh, soon i might be what's uh, going on with that i i mean there 
we had to condense a lot of stuff into however long this 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 uh podcast is um and so i'm expounding a lot more of that Mm -hmm. in a book hey and so my goal is uh 2020 to have it hopefully have it out by then at least the e version maybe the printed version might take a little bit longer but um that's my that's my goal at the moment awesome man um and just trying to go a little bit more in depth of of what i experienced what i went through um and what what i found god's purpose ultimately was praise god well there you have it the the four kidney having author (laughs) extraordinaire nobel Uh, wait do people do nobels no what are they what are the rewards for a book they're gonna give me a nobel no best oh book something free book club I don't know. It's like um, New York, no, New York Times bestseller. Oh yeah, That's yeah, what it is. Yeah, yeah. New York Times bestseller, yeah. author, and blogger, Andrew Nielsen. Thank you again, bro, for coming on the show and the podcast. And I really, I love and appreciate you. And so exciting to see uh, your life getting getting back together, but also to see all the beautiful things that have come from uh, this, this season and that you're able to find the purpose and the pain. And um, I believe that you are going to impact more people's lives through this story and do this testimony man can you say purpose in the pain just one more time please? it's so powerful <laughs> i just love it. just purpose in the pain it's, it's one just of those statements that just like verifies itself purpose, the more that you think about it purpose in the, in the pain, pain. <laughs> love you guys love you we'll too, see man. you next time see you guys later. thank you and always remember keep it real and if you comment my name enough in the tags and in, in the comments then i'm gonna come back so I definitely did the keep real and have my thumbs up and you kept talking. So I know. now it's just awkward because I was just standing like that and now I'm like, wait, he's talking. Should I do a keep it real? No. Should we do it together? No, can we, we can do, do it together. together. All right, on three. One, two, two, three. Wait, on three or after three? One, two, three. Then do it. Okay, okay. <laughs> One, two. Am I saying keep it real also? Yes. Okay. <laughs> One, two, three. Keep, keep it, it real. real. <laughs>